Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 3 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. Today. We've set up camp in Wyoming. How you doing, Tom? I am really, really good. Had a lot of fun doing the uh, research for these shows. So, what's up with you? It's yeah, no, I had I've definitely had a lot of fun. So Wyoming's always been like on my like kind of bucket list, anyways, because the whole Yellowstone area and just like I, it's just super intriguing. So I was excited. Uh, to a pick it before you did, <laughs> which I know that sounds awful. Awesome. <laughs> no, um, I get it. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so what's new? You watch anything good? You do anything fun? You anything? Um, not so much fun. Been working a lot, you know, like I always do. A lot of overtime. But what what have I watched? Oh, um, show on Apple TV that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Silo. It's, um, it's like sort of, uh, oh God, why, why am I drawing a blank on the word? Um, but, um, God, so basically people live underground in a silo. There's some sort of war and, uh, you know, and basically the, the, the world was destroyed or radiated or something nuclear war and they uh, are underground but and they've been underground for about 140 years but don't know uh, uh, now they don't even know why it's been 140 years uh and apparently all uh or supposedly all of their history which was on computers and stuff was wiped out by the rebels so um it, so these people are living under there peacefully and whatever but uh, don't know why they're down there don't don't have any recollection don't know what's above the ground what happened really and uh you start to see people start to question did it really is the world really that messed up if they do go out are they really gonna die you know it it just seems kind of weird that all their history is wiped out they know nothing about why they're down there besides like there was some sort of war or something so it's pretty cool show it's uh it's uh i really really liking it so far it's like two or three episodes i think so far so but other than so that very like dystopian kind of like that or thank you i couldn't think dystopian <laughs> i was like it was driving me nuts i'm like oh, I, oh god why can't i think of that uh, yes exactly if you're into that so cool yeah, no, I, I love that stuff. I'm definitely going to check it. You said that's on Apple Plus, right? Yes, yep. That's on the Apple app. What about you? You watch anything good recently? I've watched, so I've watched a hundred things and can remember like one of them. So, <laughs> um, But, and that's not, that's 
not really just one of them, but that's that's no that's not speaking for how good or bad anything I watched is. My memory is just really shitty. Um, but I watched. I don't know if you watched yet. Um, but Quantumania. No, I have not. But uh, um, it is definitely on my list. I love Ant Man. It is absolutely so. I also love Ant Man, and I I think we've said it a hundred times before. Paul Rudd is like the most likable human being probably on Earth. Yes. And it's disgusting, but it's amazing. Yeah. And he's awesome. He's so likable um, that he's almost unlikable that he's so likable. It's weird. He's <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I actually feel like Mark Ruffalo is approaching that as well. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. He, he, that guy is too, <laughs> too nice, too. It's Yeah. <laughs> So Quantumania, so I, the story was great at the, the, everything, I liked it a lot, but one thing that absolutely blew my mind is you, and I don't feel this way about a lot of movies, but there are a couple movies. You could have literally taken all of the people out of this, every single being in it, and just given me a three hour tour of the quantum realm and my mind would have still been blown it was absolutely so gorgeously beautifully perfectly animated it was insane oh wow that's awesome that's awesome i'm I'm writing it down just so i don't forget but wow that's that's high praise like that you don't even need the actors and you'd be that's very high praise and I did like I liked I liked the stuff that happened in the movie. I liked the story and everything like that. But it's again I I would I could have done with like like a like a like a director's cut where they did showed the movie and then after gave me the tour of the con or, or however they would have done it. And I, I would have still sat down and watched it. But um, I also watched um, a man called Otto. Ooh, okay. So how was that? Because it's I I. It's a Tom Hanks, so I'm going to see it eventually. Uh, yep. He doesn't make bad movies. So what do you think of it? So I so I didn't know what to expect going in. I didn't really, like, even, like, the previews weren't really super telling. So I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it was Tom Hanks who was supposed to be playing kind of like a cranky coot of sorts. I don't, I like the word coot. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but, so... And he does play a cranky old coot, but he does he does it perfectly because he's Tom Hanks. And is there anything that he plays imperfectly? No. Um, it was it was great. So like just to kind of I'm not spoiling anything, and I don't want to super spoil it. And if you haven't seen this, you should go watch it. But it's you're gonna learn very quickly that he is a widower. You'll eventually learn why he's a widower, and he he tries to take some measures in his life, and then basically finds you know a new life finds you know new not so much like romantic love but like familial love that he had been missing since losing his wife that he wasn't expecting and it's a really really cool movie and there's there's one particular woman in it who at first will drive you nuts but by the end of it you are going to adore the crap out of her because she's just amazing but if you haven't seen A Man Called Otto, anybody listening, go watch it. Because it is, it is such a good movie. It's definitely heartwarming. It's got like, I'm not, I mean, I didn't cry during it. But it's, I know, just talking to other people about it, it definitely 
could be a tearjerker. So if you're one of the people that cries during movies, this might get you. It's a great movie. I'm definitely going to check it out. Like I said, it's Tom Hanks. You know, like you said, he, I don't think he makes bad movies. I mean, every he's good in everything. And uh, most of the movies are really excellent. And so, yeah, I, definitely, I wrote that down. Who would have thought the guy from Bosom Buddies would be this? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely going to check that out. I wrote it, wrote it on my list. I think, uh, do you want to dive on in and, and start talking about your cryptid for the day? Yeah. Time for the cryptid. So, um, yeah, I have the cryptid this week. And um, Wyoming was an interesting state for cryptid because it has some. And um, obviously every state has some. You know, they got the Bigfoot and, you know, like every state. But uh, they had some kind of cool ones but there wasn't much info on it like the casper crawler which looked really cool but it's like there was like one or two sightings and they weren't even really sightings it was more like you heard something and you just saw something in the distance so it, it, it turned out to be pretty tricky but uh there is one that is there's a lot of info on um it's sort of their big uh, they take pride in this uh, um mythical maybe creature maybe real and that is the jackalope so i'm sure you've heard of a jackalope oh yeah so do you, before you before you dive into it i love the jackalope do you remember an old dave coulier show uh called america's funniest people i Vaguely, yes, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, there was a jackalope on it sometimes. I'm just saying. So if if anybody wanting to uh, give America's funniest people jackalope a Google, and you will, and I, <laughs> that is my first, um, one of my first like dives into a cryptid was that because it was super interesting and it was really it, he made it funny, obviously, but um, yeah. Check that out because it's wicked funny. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, the jackalope's interesting because, and part of me, like, I always thought it was just kind of like a real creature, just like a normal rabbit that, like, I didn't realize that it was actually a cryptid for a while. And so, um, very interesting. So, the jackalope is a mythical cryptid of North American folklore described as a jackrabbit and antelope hybrid. Its name is actually a portmanteau of jackrabbit and antelope. Jackalope. Uh, it is said that the body is that of a jackrabbit with the horns or antlers of a deer or antelope. Um, the first real mentions uh, of the jackalope in North America began in the 1930s in Wyoming. Um, there was, there's a little bit saying that maybe somebody was talking about it in the 1820s, but there's not too much. Um, really when it became widely talked about was the 1930s, so not too long ago. Uh, the jackalope is reputed to be a powerful and dangerous adversary. The, key, the creature is very territorial and defensive. Uh, it is said to be able to move very, very fast, over 90 miles an hour, 
um, so fast that only a trail of dust can be seen behind it as it uh, speeds or runs away. Despite this blazing fast speed, the creature actually prefers to face its hunters and foes head on. Hunters and hikers have said that the jackalope uses its massive horns to attack those that dare to hunt it, leaving its victims full of gouges and holes. Its horns or its antlers are said to be exceptionally sharp. This is why most recommend to wear stovepipes over your legs if you decide to hunt the creature. Again, why are we hunting it? <laughs> I don't. It's a, this is just a pattern in America. We feel the need to hunt and kill these creatures. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, one of its most astounding skills or abilities is that it's said to be able to understand human language. They are said to be able to repeat simple phrases back to humans much like a parrot. According to legend, one of their favorite tricks was to sit in the darkness outside of campfires constructed by early cowboys. When these cowherds sang before turning in for bed, the jackalopes would echo their songs back to them, making for a very eerie experience. That image is absolutely amongst my favorite images a cryptid has given us to date. Because I can, you can, so if you're, and I know like I'm, I'm like maybe like an extra visual person, maybe, I don't know, but like I can smell the campfire, I can hear the song, I can feel the fire's warmth, and then I can hear the mimicking. And it's, and it is just, it's so unsettling, but somehow creepy, beautiful. I love that you said that, because same thing, like the, the visual in my head, I mean, down to the stars in the sky and stuff I'm seeing and just it's um and then part of me kind of envisions the Pace Picante commercials New York City you know all, all that <laughs> just <laughs> just because it's a group of dudes on a campfire more more than anything else but no but the but I same here that visual it just it's creepy in my head. It's very creepy in my head, but very vivid. Very, like, I, yeah, I can see it. I'm glad you said that. I don't feel, I don't feel as strange now of what I, what I thought. So, um. I almost want beans now. And I don't, I don't know if that's just like the campfire thing, but now, like, I want, I want, and we're going to hang out tomorrow. So, like, there's, I won't eat beans. Just, you know, you're welcome. Uh, but now I suddenly want beans. So it's fine. Oh, that's funny. Uh, all right. The, uh, the jackalope would not be a, a proper mythical cryptid without some characteristic that is beneficial to humans. So, it quickly became rumored that the milk of a female jackalope could cure almost all illnesses. Uh, as I mentioned before, we know it's a fearsome fighter, you know, so how does one get the milk from such a fast and fearsome creature? How would one feasibly 
catch or capture one. I mean, they tell you to wear stovepipes just so you don't end up with holes in your legs. Well, funny you should wonder, guys, because there is supposedly one way to catch a jackalope. They are said to be able to be persuaded to come to a human willingly if the human offers them their favorite drink. Any guesses on what a uh, jackalope my <laughs> favorite drink would be? I mean, um, I so like my my inner child wants it to be something like chocolate milk or like strawberry I, milk, but I feel like there's probably not. But I want it to be like 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 chocolate milk or something. But what is it? <laughs> yeah, whiskey. <laughs> oh, okay, that works. I get it. Um, which I believe was it. Um. Was it, uh, I, I think it was Razor Shins. I think he was a bit uh, out of Maine, another cryptid. They were big fans of Bangor whiskey. I believe it was Razor Shins, one, one of the cryptids we did uh, during season one. So, uh, but it's, yeah. yeah. It sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, so that, so if you do want to catch one, guys, <laughs> bring whiskey. And so, because here, my next sentence, that is why. <laughs> Uh, many of those who travel to the wilds of Wyoming in hopes to catch a glimpse or to capture one of uh, a, a jackalope will pack a bottle of the finest whiskey they can afford. Uh, another little just interesting fact about it, and I found this in just one of the resources I use. I, 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 depending on it, I, I, I try to use you know multiple resources for all these. Um, it is in this one resource it said. The only, um, the only time that jackalopes breed is during lightning flashes. So, so okay, hold on. Like for when you're when <laughs> I can't believe these words are gonna come out of my face. When you're envisioning this whole thing for whatever reason but that's what i'm doing right now are you picturing that like they only <laughs> do that during like a lightning storm like throughout like the whole storm or is it just like quick little so you know yeah. like during a flash of lightning <laughs> sorry wow this is weird this took a turn <laughs> um, so I was wondering the same exact thing, and uh, like I said, it was only one resource that said this because I'm like, they they gotta mean like during a like a, a lightning storm because a lightning flash is so quick, but it's way funnier if it's just during a lightning flash. <laughs> that it's like two or three seconds of. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. But again, like you said, the way the way the way it's phrased, you don't really and they you know, you hear the saying like rabbits. I mean maybe it's <laughs> like a like a new um a new friend every flash of lightning. I don't like I don't know. Do they just like line up and you know, it's just like this weird jackalope orgy and it's like every everything of lightning is a new is a new jackalope lady? I mean a new jackalope lady. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, this this went really weird. So, um, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> We're glad you're still here. <laughs>
yeah so yeah i was wondering the same thing it's, it's ridiculous um because yeah i guess i don't i don't know i do oh god sorry guys um it's, it's, okay, it's, okay. it's so it's such a funny visual um yeah it's I don't know, <laughs> but once I saw it, and like I said, it was one only one of the resources. I was like, "Yeah, I gotta throw that in" because I wanted to see if you you kind of wondered the same thing that I did, and you clearly didn't were wondering exactly what I was wondering. So, oh god, well, how do you not wonder that? I mean, I like, that's a weird question. How do you how do you not wonder how jackalopes mate? Well. <laughs> If you watch, if you listen to this show, there's no way in heck that you can't wonder how jackalope, jackalopes mate. Um, so yeah, there's that. And if you have input on this, obviously, uh, feel free to uh, message us on Facebook or email us or comment on one of our posts as to, as to how you think um, this goes on. And um, yeah, we'll bring it back up again later if need be, because I feel like this is now a new favorite favorite topic of mine so yes. yes if you have more info please let us know <laughs> and for for everybody listening you can't see this right now but tom's face is a shade of red which does not happen very often so there there is that my cheeks hurt so bad from laughing right now <laughs> oh holy shit oh that was good <laughs> oh, all right. Whew. Whew. <laughs> all right. So, as if you've li been listening to us for a while, guys, you know you know a little about Shay and I, and you know that I'm a skeptic, but I want all of this to be true. I want all, all you know, cryptids, the aliens, the hauntings. I want it all to be true. But I would be remiss if I didn't give some uh, non-mythological reasons for uh, the jackalope's existence. So one story says that supposedly in the 1930s, Douglas Herrick and his brother were skilled hunters with taxidermy skills. Um, and they popularized the the myth by grafting deer antlers to a jackrabbit head. Supposedly, either they, the two brothers, or a gentleman named Roy Ball entered the shop with some jackrabbit carcasses to be stuffed. When he, or possibly them, it's different reports on this, guys, that who actually did it, uh, when he or they entered the shop, they threw the carcass on the floor and it sort of skidded or slid across the room and landed in front of some deer antlers they were skinning or whatever a deer in there and uh as it it went like the the rabbit carcass skid right up against the the head of the deer and the antlers giving the visual that the that the rabbit had antlers and they liked how it looked thought it looked pretty cool and decided to graft on those uh, deer antlers onto a rabbit and then onto a jackrabbit 
and then supposedly people saw this in the uh in the shop and they became obsessed with it asking questions and stuff and wanting them so they began to mass produce them and this was in douglas wyoming um so that's one sort of earthly explanation that maybe the the jackalope didn't exist and then there's another explanation that is very scientific and I think I'm saying this right. The Chope papilloma virus is a uh, strange condition that is found in rabbits. This strange affliction is known to have caused significant damage to the rabbits, um, the rabbit population and those that are infected with it. Uh, this affliction produces hard calcified tumors on the back and the head of these rabbits that after over time as they grow, can resemble horns or antlers and supposedly that is what people saw that the you know these jackrabbits with this chope papilloma virus and um the myth was born so what's the truth i don't know i don't know but i loved researching this jackalope it was a lot a lot of fun a lot of stuff i did not know about it and that's what i got so <clears throat> a couple things uh this don't don't google that if you don't want to see i just googled that oh my god don't don't google <sighs> that is tough to look at the so the virus that you were just talking oh, about yeah it is it is tough to look at yes yeah, it's it's hard to look at. So if if you're if you're someone who doesn't like seeing what would look like animals in some sort of pain or something like that, don't Google that. Save yourself. It's it's horrible. But I will say, from what I'm seeing from the pictures, I don't see anything really that looks like it would mimic that much deer antlers. I, I see I can see like a parallel maybe looking like new antlers if it's actually growing out of top of the head which in a lot of cases it doesn't look like it does in some cases it does but not in all cases um but i i'm not seeing the deer antler like connotations there at all i'm not seeing anything that's gonna go oh yeah no that's definitely like deer antlers i the taxidermy thing is interesting but i i want the jackalope to be real too yeah me me too i hope you know i i i hope so yeah, I looked at those pictures as well, and I had that same thought. I said, well, because for the most part, it, if you do look it up, it's mainly on the back, uh, on their backs or whatever. Uh, I saw a few on the head, and it didn't look like antlers. And But then I was like, well, maybe you see a jackrabbit running. It, it, it's kind of a blur. They're fast, maybe. But it seemed like kind of a stretch, because when you see antlers, you know, and stuff, it's, you know... Because in some actual, you know, descriptions of the jackalope or even some of the pictures you see, they look just like deer antlers with that, you know, branch off and stuff. Others have it more like horns, depending on the depiction. But um, so I, I can't see if it was like a deer antler, how that would be it. Maybe if it was like, if, if you go by some of the horn ones and it did happen to, like maybe. I mean, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. It didn't seem again i i'm with you it, it very very interesting the whole tax being in the taxidermy shop and it's like yeah i could see that too but again i hope it's real as well like i said i want all this stuff to be real because it just makes the world that much more interesting 
having all I agree. these Oh, they're weird little lightning orgies. That's good. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. I feel like... um, You got anything else on the jackalope for us today? Nope, I'm done. (laughs) Time for the hunt. All right. Let's let's move on. And I have the hunting today. And... um, so Wyoming has so much stuff. I, it's honestly, it was hard to pick. And um, like there are, there are mines and cemeteries and like just hotels and taverns and it just literally everything. Apparently everything in Wyoming is haunted and it makes me want to go more. So <laughs> if you're, if you're able to go, cause there are ghost towns and yeah, I, I think Wyoming is just haunted in general. So, you know, Let's road trip. Um, I I picked today to talk about the Old Faithful Inn, which sits on the northern part, I believe, of Yellowstone. So it was built in 1904 by Robert C. Reamer. Um, The elevation of the inn is 7,350 feet, which for anybody who doesn't know, including me, because I looked this up, I did not know this off the top of my head, so don't worry, as two. 1,240 feet above sea level. Inside this, and it's funny because this is not at all predominant to the story. This this does not matter to the story, but it has an 85-foot fireplace. So, yes. Exactly. Um, It's, the pictures of this, give it a Google, because, oh my word, is it absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And it's now for me, right up there with wanting to stay in the Stanley at some point because, wow, absolutely mind-blowing. Um, it's built largely from pine and rhyolite stone found in Yellowstone. It replaced what they're calling a shack hotel, which stood there initially, but it burnt down. Um, the materials at the time cost $140,000 and roughly translated an increase for inflation is over $4.3 million. Um, and the furnishings cost oh, $25,000 back then and roughly costs about um, $766,000 plus uh, for inflation, roughly. I couldn't actually get a calculator to go back far enough um, to 1903. So 1913 is about where it is. So I'd imagine it still increased a little bit. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Now, this inn has had a multitude of visitors, some before the actual building of the inn, which is still visiting where it was, especially that seeing how there was a little shack hotel there. So people visited this area. Uh, You have Chester A. Arthur, who stayed outside the area of the hotel in 1883, again, before the one that stands today was built. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt, it sounds like he, so he visited in 1903, and it sounds like he was visiting the site on which it was being built at the time. So he was probably there seeing it happening. Um, You have uh, Warren Harding, uh, Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt, who all actually stayed in rooms at the inn once it was finished. Now, one really cool thing that I read, and I honestly can't, find anything definitively going no this is that this did not happen that's bs so makes me love it a little bit more supposedly on august 25th 
yes, I said August 25th in the early 1900s, a blizzard struck. Huh? Yeah, a blizzard. At the end of August? Yep, and it and it and it kind of trapped the people staying in the hotel in the hotel, but they took advantage of it, well stocked, I'm assuming, and celebrated Christmas in in August. So super weird, and I literally can't find anything saying this absolutely did not happen. Huh. So in my head, it did. That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's really cool. Interesting. Um. Now, in 1959, the inn suffered a good amount of damage from the uh, Hebgen Lake, and I think I'm saying that right, uh, the Hebgen Lake earthquake in 1959, and then some other damage from a fire in 1988. Now, here is a story that pulled me into this hotel over anywhere else. In 1915, we're going to take a very, very brief journey to New York. Don't worry, we're coming back to Wyoming. Um, in 1915, a wealthy shipping company owner had a rebellious daughter. Mm. Now, he had arranged for her to marry a well-to-do younger man, uh, not younger than her, younger than him, um, that he felt would be a good fit for his family and a good fit for his daughter. She did not want to marry him, though. She was in love with an older man who was, in fact, a servant for the family. Her father was suspicious of this man and thought that he might just be leading her on um, for his own devious purposes, being maybe a gold digger of some sort. Now, her father offered as a wedding gift a substantial dowry, but the fine print of this dowry that was was that he was cutting her off from any further support from then on after the wedding, were she to marry him. She married him. Um, now, obviously, the father was worried about her and had his doubts or whatnot, so, and they ended up being justified. Uh, the couple honeymooned at the Old Faithful Inn in room 127. On the journey from New York to Wyoming, her new husband started to really show his true colors and started flying through the substantial dowry uh, at taverns, in gambling, playing poker, or whatnot. Um, and one month into their honeymoon, first of all, one month into your honeymoon, I just like I just can't wrap my head around a month long honeymoon, which is it's yeah. great, but it's that's a long honeymoon. That's a um, long honeymoon. That that seems like I've never been married, but that seems kind of dangerous to me. Like you do a month long honeymoon, that's that may be three weeks of regretting getting married. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way around, it could be severe dehydration and maybe never walking right again. I don't, I mean, if we're going to go back to the jackalope thing, I'm assuming. So, um, you know. Yeah. Depends on how you look at it. (laughs) Now, again, one month into the honeymoon, they were broke. Uh, All the money was gone. There was nothing left. The young bride phoned her father begging for more money, begging him to change his mind and take back what he said about no longer financially supporting her. But he refused. And that would be the last time he would have to refuse his daughter. Um, The couple began arguing excessively. And one night after a particularly loud fight, possibly violent sounding fight, the husband left and was never seen again. Now, 
the crew of this hotel, the staff, um, was really trying to give the privacy, didn't want to intrude too much, but became a little bit alarmed when they did not see the bride again after that night. Uh, a couple of days would go by and eventually they would go into the room and check and um, one of the staff would find her headless body in the bathtub. Uh, filled with water and her blood, obviously. Um, now, it would be several more days until a very strong odor would lead them to one of the hotel's highest points that they call a crow's nest, where her head would be found. So, yeah, uh, pretty messed up. Now, the bride has been spotted holding her head under her arms, wearing a white flowing dress, walking downstairs. Uh, she's been seen in hallways and other staircases and whatnot, um, seen by both patrons and staff. So, however, and this is actually why I picked it, and I know it's a weird reason to pick a haunt, but I have alternative feelings from what I'm about to say. In 1983, it was admitted that the story was, in fact, fabricated. However, that leaves little to no explanation for what was going on now the man that admitted that it was a hoax or a fabric fabricated story um said that he still has no explanation for some of the shadows being seen and then running up and down the hallways when for some reason felt the need to come out about that story being fake and how he was amused over the years of people sharing this story that was fabricated and how he thought it was fun However, then how do we explain all that other stuff? I understand that maybe her origin, like the whole back story of her, maybe that was somewhat fabricated. But there is very clearly something there because people are hearing things running up and down the halls. Um, they're hearing uh, room 127 is particularly active. Uh, there's uh, people being awoken from a dead sleep. Uh, no pun intended, from a dead sleep uh, by a woman in 1890s attire, which 1890s to 1903, when it opened, I mean, this, you know, it's easily mistaken. Um, woman floating above the bed. Uh, and just, yeah, like I said, there's, there's a lot of claims that really kind of support something being there, but he felt the need to debunk it. Huh. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. strange, because you like, yeah, all that stuff's going on. You would have to think that some of those guests over the years that have experienced some of the haunting or, or whatever activity um, might not have heard of the the uh, the story. You know, that might have just, you know, happened to be in the area for whatever reason and just, you know, stayed at this hotel for whatever reason and might not, not just and, and didn't know anything about that story but had some sort of weird experience there. So that does, that seems kind of odd. And why wait that all that time to, and then just say, oh, I, you know, I was just kidding. It, it something doesn't add up there for, for me personally, something just, I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of witnesses and a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I it, like you said, maybe the story's not a hundred percent. Some of the backstory, 
you know, maybe it, some of that's been fabricated, but I feel like something had to happen in this place if, if this many people are experiencing things and different things and in that and especially in that room 127. Huh. Very interesting. I agree. Thank you. That's yeah. a, that's all I have for um the old faithful in though. Definitely want to check it out. It's uh it's not, sounds like a very cool place. <sighs> well, you want to dive into your strange encounter for the day? Yeah. Time for the strange so um, Wyoming is an interesting state. They're quite, you know, they're pretty active as far as UFO, strange encounter type of um, reports. You know, a lot of them are your standard. You know, you've seen lights in the skies, hearing sounds or, you know, disc-shaped objects. One I saw that I thought was pretty interesting, actually, um, a witness described seeing a, a ship in the sky that was cigar-shaped. And the only reason I found that interesting, well, there's a couple of reasons, but the main, there's, there was not long after that, there was another um, uh, UFO witness or whatever you want to call it that supposedly saw a ship that was cigar shaped. And supposedly this person had never heard of the other uh, person's account. And then if you think to, I've talked about Umama, which uh, came through our galaxy um, in 20, 17, 2018, um, the Harvard scientist Avi, Lo Avi Loeb said it was some sort of alien ship. Um, now, he's a very polarizing guy, but he is a Harvard scientist, astrophysicist, but he has some pretty wild theories out there. But that Umama was supposedly cigar-shaped as well, and it, and it came through our, uh, our uh, galaxy. So... Kind of interesting, but I didn't talk uh, about any of that. Uh, my strange encounter, I couldn't find, I think the year was, I couldn't find anything with the exact year. I believe it's 2016 or 2017, probably uh, 2017 from the research um, that I did. But a seasoned truck driver was heading east along I-25 at approximately 2.30 a.m. on October 19th. When he had his encounter as he drove along he chatted on his uh, radio his cb with a co-worker who was driving over the border in south dakota and while he was chatting he was sipping on a pepsi i don't know why that's super important but they felt the need to specify that he was sipping pepsi as he was talking as he looked up from his cup of pepsi a figure caught his eye in between the yellow line and the edge of the pavement, he saw what resembled a human standing, staring at him. The witness claims that as he passed by, the figure stood straight up, as before that, I guess it had been bent over at the waist. Um, the, the trucker initially only saw the back and right side of the humanoid as he passed by. He got a little bit of a better look um, in angle to, uh, as he peered in his rear view mirror, but nothing too great. He said it didn't seem to be phased by the large, loud truck like almost all other animals would be, like a deer or antelope. You know, they hear a noise and they're gone. They're, uh, you know, you, they're, they're, they take off. This creature did not seem to have the innate 
fight or flight response of almost all other terrestrial creatures. As he sped by, he said that the creature, he said that the creature that he saw was all gray, a medium, flat, dull gray. His initial thought was that it was a person in, in a costume and on stilts. <laughs> a person, why a person would be on stilts on the side of a highway is um, beyond me, but that's what he thought. Um, because it was fairly close to Halloween, if you remember earlier, I said it was October 19th. So, you know, I guess it's his brain just trying to make logical, you know, uh, jumps to what this might be. So he reported this sighting to the National UFO Reporting Center, or as it's more commonly known, New Fork. Uh, in his report to New Fork, he said that the creature was or is very tall, over seven feet. And he saw the creature's left hand and arm shoot up into the air as he drove by. It, uh, this hand appeared to be holding something in it, but could not make out what, but he couldn't make out what it was. <laughs> the hand looked clumpy and blurry from the speed he was driving. And he said, and this is, this is an actual quote, I got the worst hair-raising chills ever in my life. They were pulsing and in waves with every hair on my body standing up for about 10 minutes. And that's just not me. I pray for zombies, but this scared the crap out of me. So this guy wants to hunt zombies. So, but this scared him. Um, while some have said his account sounded a bit odd, uh, you do have to realize that it all happened in a matter of seconds. Uh, he did say that he briefly pondered turning around so he could go get a better look, but the friend he had been talking to on the CB radio uh, talked him out of it, which was probably a smart thing. Uh, in my opinion, you don't know why why tempt fate and go back. Um, the friend reminded him that the company that they both had worked for only allowed employees to carry a knife box cutter. Uh, so he had almost nothing to protect himself if he did go back. He said he does wish that if he had been able to think quicker or think ahead, that he would have recorded it. But it, it, like he said, it happened way too fast. He also said that he did not see any overturned cars in the median or off to either side of the road that night or any of the following nights in, in the vicinity of the initial uh, sighting. And he should know because it's his current nightly route. He does it, yeah, At the time, he was doing that route every single night. However, he said he did notice that there was quite a few more dead animals uh, than there normally are within the two miles both ways of the sighting. So the two miles preceding it and the two miles, uh, you know, after it. He said there was more than normal amount of dead animals. But yeah, that's pretty much it for this. But again, guys, um, if you are, the, why I am super interesting um, state, if you're interested, they have declassified their uh, UFO sighting reports 
from the 1950s, 60s, and part of the 70s. I mean, most of them do have just, you know, some, they, it's like the Air Force or somebody just being like, oh, it was a airship. It was a weather balloon, you know, the standard stuff. But if you're interested, it's, it's very interesting. I started going through them, um, check that out uh, too, because uh, quite a few sightings in Wyoming. So that's what I got for that. So a couple things. It's first of all, I'm I'm picturing random people just walking around in stilts in the middle of the night dressing costume and it, and it cracks me up a little bit. It's a little funny. Um I okay, so you know how you know how it's, it's supposed to be like psychologically speaking, one of the ways that you can tell if someone's lying is if they over detail the story because usually when you're over overly detailing a story yeah when you're adding parts that don't make any sense it's almost like you're trying to give yourself a, a place to like hold on to like a like a marker of some sort i feel like the need to signify that he was drinking pepsi because i could give a crap what he was drinking i don't know about you but i don't care what he was drinking yeah. uh, i guess if he was drinking in excess of alcohol maybe the story might be a little different but he was drinking pepsi and it just feels like a weird thing to have to have to know like why if he was drinking coke would it have been different or if he was not so drinking at all yeah yeah even if he wasn't had no drink that doesn't like you said it doesn't affect the story in any sort of way yeah now in, and i heard you right you said he prayed for zombies right he, he said in his quote he said he you know he's the type of guy that prays for zombies but this scared the shit out of him i don't feel like those two are parallel I don't feel like those are the same thing. And I feel like that's a weird. Yeah. They're and, not. and again, yeah, it's, it's, they're two different things. It's it, like, I don't, it's just a weird way to qualify why you're scared of something is, well, I like zombies, but aliens, I, I get that, but I don't know. It was, it was just a weird. It was a weird thing to have to say. I don't I don't know why this one and now usually I'm all I guess I need this to really be but it sounds like he was the only one to see it, correct? Yeah, he was the only one and the and he was as he was talking to the guy, that guy was over the border. So um yeah, he was the only one that supposedly saw this. So Yeah, this this one might be the one of the only ones I think that we've ever talked about that I I am more skeptical of it being true than I am of it not being true, you know what I mean? I can totally see that because that the the zombie thing really stuck out to me too. Like that it just it just it, what a weird thing to say. Uh mm -hmm. there I pray for zombies. Yeah, and I've had that joke or a conversation with people. Oh, if there was a zombie outbreak, you know, I I know what I'm gonna do, but I don't pray for zombies. I don't think anybody prays for zombies anyway. Um, you maybe you'll be prepared if it did happen, but you're not praying that it does happen because that means you're praying for basically the apocalypse. So <laughs> it's uh, but and to your points, yeah, it just. There was a lot there, and you know this one. I 
I go both ways. Uh, part, you know, like I said, I want it to be true, but I, I'm definitely sort of in your camp that eh, I don't know about this one. And it's 2.30 a.m. And it, something's a dull gray. And yeah, you have lights and stuff, but like 2.30 a.m., it's tough to make out like true colors of something to, you know, or even it, it, like... So there's a lot of weird stuff to this story, but that's what's fun about these guys. I mean, it's you—you you decide what you think. I mean, I kind of—I kind of leaning more with Shay that this might be a, a some sort of hoax, but who knows? Well, on top of it too, like it wasn't just that it was gray; it was it was medium gray, was it? Like all, medium gray, all flat gray. Oh, there we go. So then that's weird. And then on top of it, the other thing that kind of stood out was he said for the next two miles, yeah. there were more dead animals. Were they all in the middle of the road? Because how it's more in the medians and off to the side, but it wasn't. Yeah, that was about. Yeah, it. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> all right. Well, have you got anything else for me on Wyoming? I do not. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in Kentucky. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod. No spaces. Or on Twitter, Scare Your Pants Off Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time. <laughs>